Daniel chapter 2. You can open up your Bibles. You can open up your digital Bibles. doesn't matter. Uh, first half of the sermon will be on the screen, but the second half, you're going to have to actually open, open your uh, Bible so you can follow along. The title of this message is The Question You Cannot Unask. The Question You Can't Unask. There are some questions that just cannot be unasked. They are nagging. The implications of them can haunt you like these questions stalk you. When you lay down at night, they go over in your head over and over again. And when you get questions like this, you have two options. I want you to hear me. You can either face it or you can stuff it. Here's what I know about humanity. We love to stuff the most difficult questions on the planet. We are petrified as a race of staring reality in the face owning it, looking at it, and really thinking about it. Now, I'll give you a small example, and then we'll talk about some larger issues. Um, when I was in ninth grade, I had the unique joy of being, ninth, uh, being in ninth grade and 16 years old, which meant that I, in ninth grade, had my driver's license. Do you know what this made me? This made me very attractive to many young women. Um, every girl in my class wanted to date me, not all of them, but a lot of them. And uh, ironically, when all the other boys turned 16, I was way less desirable. But 16 years old, freshman in high school, I had a car. Here's the reason I flunked kindergarten. It's a true story. If my mother was here, she would tell you, Michael, you didn't flunk. We just had to hold you back because you couldn't sit still. I was like, really, Mom? Like, that's why? Anyway, so I flunked kindergarten. That's my, that's my narrative. And uh, so I was already old for my age. So ninth grade, I get my driver's license. I'm awesome. I'm driving 14 and 15-year-old girls around thinking I'm the coolest guy on the planet. And, uh, and so I, there was uh, a number of girls that I was interested in dating. And so there was this one girl we started dating. And a Christian friend of mine came up to me, and he asked me this question, and it haunted me. Simple question. Here's what he said. Do you think Jesus wants you to date a non-Christian? Immediately I knew the answer, and then I stuffed it, right? I'm like, forget that. I will not face this question because I wanted to date this girl, right? But I'd go to bed at night, and this question would haunt me, and I would have to stuff it, and I would stuff it, and I would stuff it because I did not like the implications. I liked being in a relationship with her. She was fun. She was this. She was that. And eventually, this question one, I had to break up with her. And, and my mom would ask girls that I dated two questions. Well, actually three. I can't tell you the third question because it's not appropriate. Ask me privately. I'll tell you then. Two questions. Number one, is she a Christian? And number two, is she pro-life? Like those are the two questions that were the filter for every girl that I would ever date. And my mom would sit them down and ask them those questions. It was great. And, uh, but my mom started asking me the question. It's like the Lord knew that I needed this question in my life, and it regularly plagued me to the point where in college, my wife is sitting here. Yes, she's back there. Uh, to the point where in college, uh, this is a true story. You can judge me all you want. Just take it for what it is. So in America, you, have, you can gamble and drink at 21. Do you know what the age is in Canada? 19, right? So at 19, which I was still a senior in high school, we could go over the border, and that was our, so we grew up a little younger in Detroit, let's just put it that way. And I met this Canadian girl, and through my head is like, don't date non-Christians, don't date non-Christians, just like in my brain, you know. We hung out three or four times, and we're sitting on the river looking over, seeing the skyline of Detroit, and I'm already like working up the guts. I'm like, girl, look, you're not a believer in Jesus. I can't date you, sorry. And, uh, but I remember like God, God just kept, this question would haunt me and I would keep trying to go back and find these girls and then the Lord would just nag this question. 
There are deeper questions now. There are deeper questions that when they are asked, you cannot unask it. It's an earworm that just sticks in your brain and haunts you. I want to give you one example of this. Uh, I want to talk about evolution, okay? Now, you might think, here comes the pastor. He's going to talk about six days creation. I'm not even going to talk about the alternate, okay? I just want to talk to you about evolution for a moment because many people have banked their entire worldview and their view of reality and truth on this concept. Now, every worldview has a fundamental question that if asked, you cannot unask it. And if you will be willing to face it head on with courage, eventually will dismantle your false worldview, okay? Here's the question. Now, again, all of you who disagree with me, listen carefully because I'm not probably going to say what you think I'm going to say, okay? I want to go up to every person who believes in evolution and say this. Do you believe in the second law of thermodynamics? And if they're smart, they'll say, yes. You know why? Because that's a law of the universe that we have, we have observed. Here's, it's complicated, but here's simply one major aspect. All things tend toward chaos and disorder. Order never comes out of chaos unless something conscious and sentient does it, okay? If you leave things to themselves, all things tend towards chaos and disorder. And we'll say, do you believe that? Okay, yes, I believe that. Well, then let me ask you this. How in God's green earth, if there is a Big Bang exploding at light years, miles per hour, whatever that is, how in God's green earth, with all of this chaos and anarchy, on this planet do thousands or millions of species go from chaos to order? Do you understand that that fundamentally violates the laws of the universe, right? Oh, you're just a Christian closed-minded person. No, don't, don't call me a name. Think about the question. Oh, but smarter people than me have believed.